Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and I am so happy to be with you. I am no longer sick. I'm back to being well. But man, producer Chad filled in like a hero on Monday's show, and I am very grateful. And you guys liked it, too. So we are actually going to have him back in just a couple of months. Y'all are going to enjoy that. I can't wait for that conversation. Hey, the music in the background is also today's guest. It's from our buddy, Torin Wells. His new album called Citizen of Heaven releases next week. It is so good. Y'all are just not even ready. Well, I mean, I know you already love the song you are hearing in the background right now called Citizen of Heaven, but the whole album is really, really great. Torin has been on the show before. We absolutely love when he comes around. He's smart, funny, and just, he's a preacher. He'll just bring it. And so I'm thrilled, thrilled to get to bring you another conversation with the guy who's letting us use his music for this season of shows. I'm so, so thankful. Here is Taryn Wells. Okay, Taryn, let's do it. We've All already right. done this before. We know what we're doing here. Yeah, well, you're the professional, and I'm just kind of following you. So No, not true. I literally was about to say you are the professional at this. When a new album comes out like Citizen of Heaven, how many interviews do you end up doing around that release? Uh, That's a good question. I think we're going to find out. <laughs> it's different, you know, trying to budget your time and what you can do and what you can't do. I mean, that's really the thing, Tarn. This is right at the beginning of the year. And tell me what you're going to do differently in 2020 than you did in 2019 when you think about budgeting your time. It feels like everyone wants to sort that out. Yeah, I'm going to have a plan. Okay, (laughs) how are you going to sort it out? Well, my personality, I live on the rush of procrastination. (laughs) I live on the rush of... Like, I don't know what tomorrow looks like. Let's just see what happens, you know? But I live with this girl. She happens to be my wife. (laughs) I like her so much. (laughs) She is a planner. Uh And so I just observing like how she gets out her little Erin Condren planner every year. She orders it and she puts her little stickers in and stuff it got me thinking this last year, like what if I actually made a plan? So I'm super pumped because as we started this phone call, I was in my new Michael Hyatt full focus planner. Okay. Little plug. And so I have like, we're only, what is this day four of 2020? Yeah. But I have been killing it on putting together what my ideal week looks like, what my days look like, what my priorities are for the year, how to break those down into bite-sized pieces. And as I started putting together my priorities for the year, I realized a lot of my ministry and career priorities were actually at the bottom of the list. And my family relationship and friend priorities Mm. are like at the top of the list. So that right there just shows a lot of potential growth for someone like me who is consumed typically in achieving and trying to be successful. So I think the realization I'm having for 2020 is I want to be most successful at the things that matter the most, which is my marriage, my relationship with my kids and my friends. So we talked about this when you came and sat down with me yeah. for the making of this video project for the Citizen of Heaven album. And you challenged me with a new album coming out. What is rest going to look like? Yeah. And what I found is rest looks a lot like trust. Oh, keep going. Keep going. Just trusting God. Like, okay, we did the work. We made the songs. We put in the effort ultimately you're going to get it to the people you want to hear it. So let me just be faithful filling in the gaps. Yeah. It's been funny to me looking at social media and people talking about what their resolutions are for 2020 and not one person has said more time on their phone. (laughs) Like everyone is saying less time on my phone. No, I had a friend call me uh, a couple days before the new year. Like, Hey man, I'm in Mexico 
And I'm thinking of throwing it all away. And by all, I mean all my social media accounts. Wow. Uh, I want to be responsible with the platform, but I also want to be responsible with the people in my life. And I was like, you know, I've been thinking about the same thing. What seems so tough is finding someone that can engage with people online mm -hmm. with your same voice. Mm -hmm. And he said, to quote my friend, Pat Barrett, one of the most brilliant people I know. I love him. Yeah. He said, I'm not as concerned with who hears my voice as who has my eyes. Oh, wow. And I thought, brother, just do it, man. Like you're going to be in the chaos of trying to figure it out, whether you're on your phone trying to figure it out, or if you're figuring out with someone else trying to post and create content on your behalf. So just do it. And the funny thing was he was calling me for advice, but I got off that phone call like, I think I'm going to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> so trying to navigate through all that. Yeah. And so what have you, man, that leads me in so many different directions, Torn. One of my favorite things about your first episode when you're on here is you just preached at us and with us for the <laughs> show. And it's one of my favorites. And I just wanted, I kind of want to tee you up and let you go on that again. But so when you think of all of us, whether people have 10 followers or 10 million followers, what would you encourage people? How does it look like to handle your influence well? Because you have influence. How do you handle your influence well, but also stay human? Yeah, I, I don't have a good answer, Annie. I'm honestly, I'm trying to figure that out because, I mean, I would be in the category of being addicted to my phone, you know? Dude, like me too. If I could... I said this recently, just talking about it with some of my friends. You know how many arguments I wouldn't have with my wife if I wasn't on Instagram? Mm. <laughs> like, it's just, it's difficult. But back a few years ago, I had 10,000 followers. And I just had hit 10,000 followers, and that felt really significant to me. And I deleted my Instagram entirely. Uh -uh. And... One of my friends uh, was like, what, man? Did you just get tired of having influence? And I was wow. like, dude, why you got to, I'm trying to do something good. Why you got to put me on front street like that? Yeah. I, I realize it's what you're alluding to. There is this balance between, okay, I have these people's eyes. You know, people are following me at some level. Just because they're following me doesn't necessarily mean they're for me. Okay, so I'm not obligated to people, but some people are enriched. Some people are encouraged. Some people are spurred on in their faith. And we know that biblically, we are commissioned to use every tool possible to spur one another on in good works. And so if I can use social media in that way, yeah. that's great. But I am really, I've got these three little dudes in my house that I am very committed to discipling before I encourage the rest of the world. Mm. And so if I'm at home and I'm worried about what I'm going to say on Instagram to somehow either fulfill my ego and getting likes, getting the, the that affirmation from that, or if I'm doing it from a good motivation and just saying, I want to encourage and equip people Am I doing it at the expense of what matters the most to me? And that's my kids knowing that I love them and I'm for them and I'm here. Yeah. So I don't have a good answer, but I am okay in the tension of it. Yeah. And I think asking the question, like right. you asking the question, right. you looking at Instagram and saying, I've realized no one's making a New Year's resolution to be on their phone more. I think that just being present on our minds helps us gauge how engaged we are online versus with the people that we're actually in the room with. Right. That's a good place to start. Right. And I just think there is, yes, that's so good. There is just always something about noticing the questions you're asking. I think that's true in my faith, too, is like, why do I keep asking this question every time I read a scripture around this? Why do these same yeah. questions keep coming to mind? Do you kind of trust those in your head, too? Yeah, absolutely. I think God's drawing our attention 
to things and we're processing them through asking those questions yeah. and and being willing to live in the tension of trying to find the answer. You yeah. know, we're not going to nail everything down perfectly, but we can just kind of trust the process and it's a messy process and it's an imperfect process. But if we're wrestling with the questions, then I feel like we're making progress forward. Yeah. Do you tell me about raising three boys? What do you know going into 2020 that you didn't know going into 2019? <laughs> How much I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you could see my journal right now for real turn, it is like, God, I don't know anything but I think you know everything. We're going to be all right, right? No, no. I mean, that's how it feels. God is God and I am not. Yeah. It's so basic, honestly. It's not new information, but you spell love, T-I-M-E. Mm. So I'm going into 2020 with just a much better pace, you know, than 2019. Yeah. Uh, I looked at my calendar differently this year. I looked at it holistically uh, not just like, well, let me see how many opportunities I can get on this calendar. Trying to not cloak my need to be wanted with some noble idea of myself. What I mean by that is sometimes the more noble the task, the more we justify our distance from Jesus, our distance from our family. Well, no, I'm going to preach. No, I'm going to promote this book. No, I'm going to, you know, to fill in the blank, you know, and we're doing it at the expense of something else. Uh-huh. So I'm just, I'm just trying to look at God, what have you called me to that only I can do? That's the question. That's not me striving. That's not me positioning myself for something more relationally, professionally, ministerially. And then having that firm no of, okay, yeah. when this tour is over, I'm shutting it down, yeah. you know, for six weeks and I'm going to be at home. So it's just the constant tension there of trying to find what that looks like every day. Our mutual friend, Corey. Asbury just did an entire year off of the internet. It felt, cr I mean, I was thrilled for him to get all that time back, but it just takes such a level of trust in your own art and in God and in the future that you can walk away from this particular part of our career for an entire year. That feels, I mean, if I'm being real honest with you, Torin, which sometimes I regret how honest I say things on the podcast, if I'm being real honest with you, that is really scary to me to walk away from social media professionally. Yeah, right. Will I still be relevant? You know, that space that I feel will someone else take? But it's trust, you know, and I I think that it's different for different people, right? Like, sure, we could all use a year off of the internet, but I think there were some specific circumstances around Corey's decision to do that. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing we can miss is thinking what God has called one person to, God has called all of us to. No, he, he loves us uniquely. He loves us intentionally. And he asks for things from us specifically. So say that one more time. Do you have that in your heart that you can say that one more time? Um, or did you just say it on the fly? I just said that on the fly. Uh, okay, um, good. Well, that's okay. Everybody yeah. can write it down. I just wanted to hear it again, but it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> he loves us uniquely. And I think that there is a way that he's going to call me to surrender in 2020, mm -hmm. that's going to look different than how he calls Annie to surrender right. in 2020. And it's going to look different than how he's called fill in the blank, you listening to surrender and to try to think that these ideas are one size fits all is where we get caught up trying to be and do things that we weren't called to do. And frankly, be someone we're not called to be. Mm. So I think Leaning in close to the heart of God for my life, for my context, for my circumstances, and asking the question, God, what do you want from me? And then living in that. 
That is, it's hard when we watch so many different personalities. And this is true for the mom who stays home or for the dad who is a doctor or the dad who stays home and the mom who's a doctor or someone in our job. It is hard to look at how many different personalities we have and how many different ways that plays out online and not think you're supposed to look like one of them. Yeah, it's very difficult. I just go back to this, and I may have said this on the podcast before, we can't just trust God with the path of our lives. We have to trust God with the pace of our lives. Mm. And there are things that I would love to be doing right now that I'm not doing. And I've got friends who are doing them. Oh, wow. But that's not where God's placed me yet. So the worst thing I can do is try to go around something God has prohibited to get to something God has promised. Ooh, and that is often the tactic brother. he uses in our lives. <laughs> you just go. You make me feel like I can really preach good. You can. <laughs> that you you can. But that's I think the trick the enemy uses in our lives is do it in a way that God has prohibited to get to something God has promised. Mm. And I mean, we see it all throughout scripture. That's the story of the Israelites. Yeah, God, we know that it's ours but we want it to be ours right now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm willing to manipulate the relationship. I'm willing to step around the ethical code. I'm willing to go behind someone's back to step on someone to get to the thing I know God told me is mine. Mm -hmm. But whenever I'm seeing you know, some of these guys that I love and respect and I'm friends with doing things I feel called to do one day, I yeah. have to remember for such a time as this, yeah. you know? And so yeah. I have to be faithful to steward where I'm at right now right. and let God walk me into the next things he has for me. Yeah. I think that's an interesting, that like steward word is something that I feel like God keeps bringing around to me too, of this idea that nothing, relationships, my work, my home, it's actually none of it's mine. The Lord has just asked me to take care of it. Yeah. How how does that Very change good. how you do your work when we consider it? I mean, I, I, the easy conversation is how that how that plays into parenting, but and but I'd love for you to say that too. But what is it like when you think about stewarding your job as a gift from God that you're just supposed to tend? Yeah. Well, I just I actually listened to a message this morning by a preacher I love. His name is Darius Daniels. Doctor oh, Darius know him. Daniels. Where is he out of? Oh. Um, you got to talk to him. He's got a church in New Jersey, a couple locations in New Jersey and one in Florida. Okay. I think in Orlando or something like that, but brilliant guy, uh, graduated from Princeton. Okay. I mean, just ridiculous thinker, but also just speak the language of the culture so well. But he was talking, his message was, I'm not greedy. I'm hungry. And he defined greed as wanting more than what God wants for me. But hunger is wanting all that God has for me. Oh, wow. And that was such a distinction in my mind because I have wrestled with this over the last year of, well, how do I have ambition but godly ambition? How do I desire? success and significance, but maintain pure motivation for not just wanting to be known and liked. Yeah. Oof. You know, and how do I become fruitful without the pressure to just be busy mm -hmm. tricking myself into thinking I'm being fruitful. Right. Um, but right. that gives such clarity to that idea. It's, I want to be a good steward. I want to manage well. And I'll share this with you just because we're homies. Yeah. This was my prayer for this year as I was kind of clarifying my goals and stuff. This is this was my prayer for the year. I wrote it down. And as I was writing out all my goals, I wanted to give God the context for for my goals. And I don't know if we pray to tell God what we want ourselves to believe about how we feel mm -hmm. or if it's genuine, but 
Um, this is why I said, God, these goals are an attempt to steward, manage, and grow the blessings you've graciously given and sown into my life. I don't want control. I don't want to strive. Mm. I don't want to achieve in an effort to be fulfilled in achievement or success itself. Ultimately, I want what you want. Trust your timing and surrender to your plans. Help my ambition to be godly and pleasing to you. Correct my course, order my footsteps, and do what you will in my life. Oh, that's that's, really that's my prayer. And I wrote it down because I want to keep coming back to it this year. When the pressure's on, when the opportunities come in, um, even for people listening, when there's a chance to work overtime, mm. to make more money, to provide for your family, but it's like, do I really need more money or do my, does my family need more me? Mm. You know, like these things that we have to deal with in making decisions. I just want my ambitions to be pure and godly. I don't want success for the sake of success. Uh, and I, I hope that God gives me the grace to, to walk in that this year. Our dreams are directional. I think our dreams set our hearts in a certain direction that God has called us to. Mm. But we have to hold on to those dreams loosely. Stephen Furtick said this, if God gave me the first draft of my dream, I would not be living in the reality I'm in today. Wow. And so I think... I mean, the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. Yeah. You know, uh, the Bible says all throughout the scripture, multiple times, and God granted success, that you would be successful. Mm. We do not have a God who is in opposition to success. I mean, he told Abraham, I will make your name famous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. The idea that somehow God could be intimidated by our success is a total fallacy. He yeah. wants it. He desires it. I want my kids, my sons to find success. You know, um, it makes me look good if my sons grow up to have to be good, whole people yeah. who are whole emotionally and do well educationally and find their place in the world and walk in their calling. It only reflects good on me. I get glory from that. And I feel like it's the same with God. We can't even touch God's glory right. in our greatest attempt in, in with Solomon and all of his splendor and all of his wisdom and all of his riches. He didn't scratch the surface mm. of the glory of God. Yeah. So we are not in danger of inhibiting God's glory. Mm. I think when our hearts are pure and our motivations are set and our dreams are held loosely and we just trust God, I think God gets glory and he is pleased in that. And, you know, one, one time I, I heard this message, you know, don't put Jesus first this year. There was always this struggle I had with, well, I got to put Jesus first, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, got to, but when we break that down, what does that actually look like? I still have to work. I still have to feed my kids. You know, I'm, I'm going to hang out with my wife. Uh, there are just so many things you have to do. And the point of the message was don't put Jesus first, put him in the center. Mm. Jesus is in the center of my work. My work is not a reprieve from my Christianity. Right. Somehow in being a teacher and being a doctor um, and being in retail, there are spaces in which Jesus should be glorified, magnified and talked about. Yeah. And the center of my relationship with my kids should be Jesus. It's not, Oh no, kids go away. I need to pray. Mm. It's no, it's come around. Let's pray. It's yeah. putting Jesus in the middle 
in the middle of all that. So I think putting Jesus in the middle of your dreams as you do. I mean, it's uh, God is anxiously, the Bible says, watching over his word to perform it. Mm. So we just got to lean into that. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Torin to tell you about the sponsors who are making this show possible. First up, our friends over at Flamingo. Listen, personal care is just that. It's personal. What's important to you in your hair removal routine this winter? Having super smooth legs, even if nobody can see them, or sliding into cozy sheets and fresh PJs after shaving? Or making self-care a day-long event when it's too cold to go outside? Flamingo makes shame-free products for every routine. It's an award-winning razor, shave gel, and body lotion that works. I love that Flamingo was started by a group of women at Harry's, the men's shaving brand, who wanted to create a better experience for women too, aka razors that are beautiful and affordable. Shaving is boring, but 99% of women use a razor, so Flamingo designed a great one and a suite of products that make shaving feel more like self-care. Their shave set is a $22 value, but for you, it is only $16 with free shipping. Listen, I've been using Flamingo for about six months and I absolutely love it. The closeness of the shave, the comfort, I love the razor. I have one in my shower that stays there and one that travels with me. I absolutely love it. So you can try the Flamingo shave set yourself for just $16. It's your entire shave routine, including Flamingo's award-winning razor, shave gel, and body lotion, plus a slip-free shower hook, which I find very helpful. So think about it. You probably spend more than $16 on just blades already. And with their 30-day money-back guarantee, you can try Flamingo risk-free. Flamingo is in over a million bathrooms, including your friend Annie F's, and it can be in yours too for just $16 with free shipping today when you visit shopflamingo.com slash Annie. Again, that's shopflamingo.com slash Annie. Today's show is also brought to you by Liquid IV. You guys, these have been a lifesaver for me when I was sick and this winter. Everyone is talking about Liquid IV's hydration multiplier, and you've even heard how much I love it. I'm telling you. But have you heard of their latest product, the Liquid IV Energy Multiplier? Liquid IV's Energy Multiplier tastes amazing, just like their lemon-lime flavor. And you just mix it in water and drink, and the Energy Multiplier gives you a sustained energy boost with no crash. Here's one of the things I love most about Liquid IV. They're on a mission to change the world. They've donated 2 million servings to date to places like Haiti, Uganda, Puerto Rico, and Nepal. And with each purchase you make, Liquid IV donates a serving to someone in need around the world. Do good, feel good, what is not to love? Half of Americans report that they fight with daily fatigue, and myself included. And maybe you recognize some of the signs of low energy in you, like a decreased focus, a lack of motivation, a poor mood, if you're moody, or you're unhappy, who wants that? Liquid IV Energy Multiplier gives you sustained energy throughout the day and fights fatigue without the crash. It's the perfect replacement for morning coffee and an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks. Y'all, don't be drinking those. Drink this. Okay, so this is cool. Liquid IV's Cellular Transport Technology, CTT, delivers an optimal ratio of nutrients for more efficient uptake. This enhanced rapid absorption into the bloodstream gives you a lasting energy boost and fast. It powers your mornings, it fuels your long days at work, and it provides a boost for those tough workouts. They're clean ingredients as well, which I love. Non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, or soy. And I love this too, for when you're traveling, they are convenient, TSA-friendly, single-serving packets that can go on planes with you, and that helps a ton. So get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code THATSOUNDSFUN at checkout. Again, that's 25% off of anything you order on Liquid IV's website. So just go to liquidiv.com and enter the promo code that sounds fun all together to save 25% and get better hydration and energy. That's liquidiv.com promo code that sounds fun. Don't wait though. Start fueling your adventures today. And now back to the show. You've said twice now different messages that you've listened to. How much has that impacted your faith to have podcasts and not not like podcasts, but sermons available to listen yeah. to? Do you listen all the like do you listen to one a day or one a week or yeah. how does that all play in? All the time. Yeah. Well, this last year I took a break from podcasts and books and all of that. Really? Uh yeah. I just wasn't really prioritizing the Bible, right? Oh, and let's by not go here. Let's go. Good, I mean, 
not reading the Bible. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, there's just so much. There's so many voices and so many great books and great messages. Um, I just felt like I needed my word for 2019 was discipline. Mm-hmm. So the first most essential discipline I felt like I needed was prayer, the word and reflection. Uh-huh. And so my wife and I set out on the journey together to read the Bible all the way through. And we did it uh, did you, by the year? grace of God. Yeah, we made it through. So last year was actually the first time I've ever read the Bible all the way through. And so I am a little embarrassed to say that. Honestly, I'm 33 years old. I had attempted many times to do it, but never followed through. And I thought, this is a discipline that's just a non-negotiable. Like the word has to be the central part of my spiritual development in my life. So I shut everything else down. I listened to a few messages, you know, I listened to a few podcasts, but I read virtually no books. The only thing I read was the Bible and I journaled and I, it's just a treasure trove, (laughs) you know, once we're going through it, I'm like, why haven't I been doing this? (laughs) Right. Right. Um, but it really was very formative for me this past year. So that was what I locked into. Now this year, I'm reading through the New Testament chronologically. <gasps> me too. I'm doing uh, the New Testament this year too, over and over. I'm doing Let's it go. once a month for 12 months. I'm reading the whole, that's what I'm reading every morning is I'm reading the gospels in a month. Well, I'm just doing the gospels. I'm doing the gospels in a month and doing it every month. That's awesome. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. I love that. Okay. You're going to see something new every month. Yeah. So I think my goal is to switch um, versions every month and I'll repeat some of them, but like this month I'm doing NIV, February, I'm going to do the message. And then I'm literally just looking at the ones that are on my shelf. I have an ESV and just kind of like switching it up and seeing what happens if you read the same thing 12 times this year. Yeah. That's, that's really dope. I love that. So you're going to do the new Testament in chronological order. The New Testament, I'm going to read it through and I'm, I, it's going to be a little lighter. I'm doing it in a year. Yeah. So it's about a chapter a day, but I'm adding in some books. Um, I have a lot of books just because yeah. I didn't read any books last year. doesn't mean I didn't buy any books last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love books too much. So I've, I'm going to do a couple books a month. And then, you know, really try to work on my documenting and cataloging of the things that I learned from the books. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big proponent of taking notes, but I haven't done a good job at actually consolidating notes mm. through a book, you know. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get like my structure and my systems together for Bible study, for um, content creation, you know, with preaching and stuff. But to answer your question, I love preaching. Yeah. So I love listening to preaching. I'm a fan of preaching. And so I listen to sermons nonstop regularly. So, uh, talk about, we've talked about this a little bit last year on the show. I listened to the chronological Bible last year, so I haven't read it. I mean, I've been a Christian my whole life as well and have never read the whole thing, but I listened to it last year. How is yeah. your life different? Because there's a lot of people listening who who are new to the Bible or who are just picking it up to try to kind of get some wisdom and figure out if what we say about Jesus is true. And yeah. how is your life different because you read the same book for one year? Well, first of all, just developing the discipline of creating room to hear from God yeah, through his word, not through my friend told me this, or this sounded good or cause the Bible inspires and convicts. Mm. There's just a certain, you know, the scripture says it's sharper than a two edged sword. Yeah. It separates the bone from the marrow. Like nothing will do surgery on your motivations, on your thoughts, on your patterns of life. Like 
the word of God, the Bible. And so there have been so many times when just reading through the word, it's like, ouch, we're doing surgery here. Lord, numb me. I was not ready. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was not ready for this. So just the purification, I feel like, of my heart through prayer and journaling. And then really the having a word like ready. Scripture says to be instant in season and out, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to have the right thing to say at the right time. Well, you can't get out what you haven't put in. Mm. So if I've got a friend that's going through a tough transition, I want to have something to say and not just my own ideas. I mean, my own ideas are feeble. Yeah, <laughs> You know, yeah. I need something concrete to give somebody that's going through something difficult. When we've got friends going through marriage problems or, you know, people that are fighting generational curses and, you know, walking through tough stuff or just trying to figure out what do I do with my life? Like, how do I set the direction in the course of my life? Mm -hmm. I want to be able to go to the word and have something to say. And so through journaling, while I've read, have had so much, I don't even know how to say it, nuggets, insights, words, you know, things that I feel like God's put in my heart and put in my spirit. And, you know, when the time comes, those things will come out. Yeah, I think a question people ask me a lot is when you're reading in the morning, how do you know what to journal? And it's what you said. It's like a sentence stands out to you all of a sudden. Or one verse yeah. you, you know you've read before because it's underlined, but you yeah. didn't, it, but it feels brand new. That's what I just copy down what stands out to me. And then I write my thoughts about it under it. Is that kind of how your yeah. reflections work? Yeah, totally. Yep. If it stood out to me, if, and honestly, I don't hold myself to the pressure of, well, I got to get something out of this, you know, either. Mm-hmm. It was That's good. the balance of like, the, the, the primary function for me, number one, was developing the discipline of prioritizing God's word. So whether I got anything out of it, quote unquote, yeah. in the moment, I didn't get goosebumps every morning. <laughs> right. I Say that. Like there were no angel feathers floating in the room when I opened up Habakkuk or uh-huh. Habakkuk, uh-huh. you know, but it was for me primarily setting the discipline. And then there were days where it's like, oh my gosh, babe, listen, how have I never seen this? Look, look at this. Or how do we teach this? How have we believed this idea for yeah. so many years yeah. when the Bible obviously says this? Like, what in the world? So then there were those moments too. But just like with any relationship, there is an ebb and there is a flow. And there were days and weeks where there was no flow. It was just, we are doing this because we are building something with our hearts. And then there are days when it's like, wow, I I mean, this is amazing. So I think just staying in it, staying committed to it. And when something hits you, write it down. But if nothing really speaks to you on that day, it's okay. Yeah. Keep reading. That's right. Someone on my Instagram said, how do you re- How do you make sure reading the Bible doesn't go from a privilege to a task? And I was like, oh, sister, it's a task. Like there are days <laughs> where you just have to sit down and read and your feelings don't come along. But man, for yeah. every day that you push through that, you're going to get nuggets on days that absolutely save the day. That's so good. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So last year, that's so interesting to me because is last year when you wrote Citizen, a lot of Citizen of Heaven as well as recording it? Yes. We wrote a lot of it at the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019. Yeah. And yeah, we recorded it all in 2019. I mean, so that so, even knowing that with all of us, which by the way, thank you so much for letting us have it as our intro and outro music. People are already losing their minds over it. <laughs> so it's just amazing to think that the background to the album that we're falling in love with is from a man who's just read scripture for a whole year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there is 
something to be said about uh, how generative the word is. Mm. You know, when God wanted to create, he spoke. Yeah. You know, what the spirit moving could not do, the spoken word did and accomplished. Yeah. So there, there's something powerful about that. But I'm really just blessed with with this album, these songs. I got into the room with some amazingly talented people, some amazing co-writers, um, producers that brought so much of their experience, so much of their thoughts and ideas to the table. Yeah. It's one of those projects I think it's really significant. I think it's really important. And what's cool about that is I had something to do with it, but there were so many hands involved in forming what this album is. I'm really proud to be a part of it. Tell me about these particular songs. What's the theme of the album? Like, why'd you name it Citizen? of? I I hate asking questions that other interviewers are going to ask you because we're actually friends. But I'm very curious, as he has your friend, why was Citizen of Heaven the right title for the um, album? And that's the song that we're using as the intro and outro as well. So that's what everybody's falling in love with. Well, you coming in with some heat. Yeah, right? Every day. We're rocking 2020. (laughs) That's fire. We went from that sweet Um, Phil Wickham Christmas to that like bumping Tarnwell's 2020. We were ready. Let's go. Uh, Well, I didn't actually realize this. This is the whole part of where you just trust God and, and flow with it. When we were titling the album, it just stood out. There were some dope, uh, Possible album titles like Trenches, yeah. I thought would be dope. Like, I don't hear that a lot. Perfect Peace, I thought would be great, yeah. you know, speaking to the social anxiety in the world. Uh, but when we got the title Citizen of Heaven, it was so clear that that's what it was to be. And what I didn't realize at the time was that this album would be coming out in an election year. Mm, <laughs> right. So, what a great reminder yep. for the church to remember that our hope is not built on a government system, that our hope is not built upon an earthly kingdom, yeah. that it is almost irrelevant who the president is. I'm not saying don't vote, I vote. Yep. I'm not saying don't learn about the political system and what you value and believe in. We have a privilege in this country to have a voice. However, the voice that we have in an earthly kingdom pales in comparison to the effect that our prayers have in the eternal kingdom. Let's go. If we really want to see change in the world, it is not going to be in a ballot box. It is going to be in a prayer closet. Mm. And I think we need to remember the power that we have as citizens of the kingdom of heaven to affect real change in the world by not acclimating to the world's systems, but to bringing heaven's kingdom to the world. Uh. And so I wanted that. I wanted to be talking about that. We're talking about impeachment. We're talking about trials. We're talking about policies and presidents and all of that. I just wanted to have that talking point of bringing people back the saying, I remember this scripture and it said that the government will be upon his shoulder. Yeah. So my confidence isn't in the government. My confidence is in the one carrying it all. Right. So that's, that's why I love this title. I love how aggressive the song is and wait until you see this music video. Oh yeah. I am telling you it's a movie. When's it come out? It comes out on the 24th, so, okay. so be ready. I'm ready. Okay, speaking of videos, let's talk about the one I got to be in. I mean, not a music yeah. video. I haven't started a music video yet. <laughs> but tell me about the movie, y'all, movie, show, film thing. That I, What is the thing we made alongside <laughs> your album? What is it? Well, it is a um, multi-piece documentary, a multi-episode documentary around the ideas on the album Citizen of Heaven. And we got some of our good friends. We got Tori Kelly. 
Uh, we got Tim Tebow. We got Travis Green. Uh, we got Social Club Misfits. The one and only Annie F. Mm-hmm, Downs. Mm-hmm. And, and Rich Wilkerson. And Rich Wilkerson Jr. And we talked about uh, different ideas from the album that have an effect in our everyday lives. Yeah. And so we're still, uh, there's going to be a lot of places that you're seeing it. You know, the this topic was faith, fame, and culture. Mm-hmm. And everyone in that circle had a measure of influence from a faith perspective. And although all of us don't fit in the neat and tidy corners of the church, we all are expressive about our faith. Well, the funny thing is we took it to Facebook, took it to Netflix, we took it to several platforms. And the response was, we don't want anything in the faith space. Wow. Which was unbelievable to me because we talk about how inclusive we want culture to be. Uh Uh-huh. These platforms share every perspective there is in the world, and yet they are limiting the faith perspective, the Christian perspective on these platforms. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's discrimination. And I'm still wrestling with what I'm going to do with it because I happen to have read scripture where it says, (laughs) um, you will be hated for my namesake. And so I know that there's something that comes with carrying the name of Jesus. But I also think it is quite the double standard that we would be rejected. I mean, they had opportunities to do stuff with the Pope, Facebook, and they decided not to do it because they did not want to be in the faith space. Now, there are 3 billion Christians in the world. Yeah. So you are overlooking a major component of our world. I mean, I've never gotten to do anything like what we did, Torn. It was so cool that we sat in a circle with people that I like, love and respect. It was really fun just to be in a circle of yeah. your friends and listen to your music yeah. and then get to verbally respond to it with each other. Yeah. Well, it was it was so special. And all of the amazing insight that came out of it and I, I left that day feeling so inspired with this like great sense of like, we can do this, yeah. you know, we can change the world. We can impact how people think we can bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. So I can't wait for people to see it, to get to experience it. It's going to be on multiple uh, platforms coming out. I can't say yet exactly where it's all going to land, yeah. but uh, I will be pointing people in that direction through my Instagram and through my Facebook page yeah. uh, very soon. And I can't wait for everyone else to get to listen in and to watch as these songs come alive and as these conversations come alive around our faith in this music. Yeah. And I will also happily and very excitedly share it with everyone, even if you edit out everything I say. I still think it's a very <laughs> cool. Um, I thought it was such a cool environment. And I fell in love with Tori Kelly. And I, yeah. I like I just didn't know how cool all those people were in real life. I've found it is really hard to not like people up close. Mm. And of course, there there are instances where you get the random person that you have idealized, yeah, and you think that they're so great, and they kind of let you down a little bit, yeah, because they have an off day or they just miss their flight or all sorts of things. Yes, and. I'm sure people have experienced me in that way. So I try to give some grace and all of that. But for the most part, when you get close to people, you have questions around. It's really hard to be like, oh, yeah, I still don't like them. Right. That is 100% true. Yeah. You get to hear their heart. You see where they're coming from. Context is everything. Yeah. And so until we can really understand where someone's coming from, what they've experienced, it's really hard to get sometimes what they're saying or what's being said about them. Yeah. So I thought it was cool too. I, I love getting to connect um, all of us, you know, some of us that hadn't connected before. And it was it was such an inspiring day. Man, no kidding. I felt the same thing. I just was 
I walked away listening to your album. You were kind enough to let us listen to it before we got there. But I mean, I was texting you in the middle of listening to that album, if you'll recall, going, these songs are such bangers. I mean, I just like love them. I'm trying to pull up our text so I can remember which one particularly I love the most. Um, You texted me about trenches. That's it. You're right. It was 100% trenches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which my gosh, I'm so So I've got a really cool release week. So I'll kind of tell you that. Yeah. So before the album comes out, the album comes out on the 24th, just a few days from now. Yeah. But we just wrapped up doing a release weekend at my church, Lakewood Church. And so we gave the whole church the album (gasps) early. You are lying to me. The whole church got it this weekend. Taryn, that's so cool. And so then uh, this Wednesday, we are doing the live album release event at my church Wednesday night. Oh, good. So if anybody's close to uh, Houston, can they come? Oh, yeah. If you're in Houston, please, yeah, come through. How do they Um, figure out how to get there and all the information? Is it on uh, your social media stuff? Yeah, I'll I'll post it, but lakewoodchurch.com, it's just our regular Wednesday night service. Oh, okay. Um, it's at 7 o'clock, but I'm doing the whole thing. Oh, wow. So, so, and I've got friends coming. I've got Gary LaVox from Rascal Flats yeah. coming. We're going to do our song, Until Grace, together. I've got Jen Johnson Uh-oh, uh, no from, joke. coming to do our song, Famous Four, together. And there's one more one artist. And I'm locking down. Um, so I'm Is excited to have some friends there. Is he coming back to Lakewood? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, and then uh, that weekend, I'm going to Elevation, and we're doing like a CD release party at Elevation in Charlotte. Oh, I love so it. So if you're in the area, in the Charlotte area this weekend, I'll be at Ballantyne, and we'll be doing songs off the album. I'll have the physical album there uh, and some merch. So it's just going to be a fun Fun week. And then I start the Hits Deep tour with Toby Mac. So oh, excuse you. That crazy. is not a bad couple of weeks, buddy. That would be crazy. Man, I mean, that you are the favor. Well, it's it's all, it, it's all God is showing you so much favor. But also, Torn, the other thing I want to say is you have worked really hard for a lot of years and proven that you're a trustworthy voice, that these two churches would give you their Sundays two weeks in a row. Yeah. yeah. That's it's no really- joke. It's amazing. I I really can't believe it, honestly. Like every time I ask someone to do something and they say yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? You really like, and just with the people getting in the room for the faith, fame, and culture t- taping to the features we've got on the album, we've got Kirk Franklin yeah. on the album you know, just legends that I've yeah. looked up to, um, the people that have come in around it to support it, like yourself, like Rich, like yeah. um, Pastor Joel, Pastor Stephen. It's really amazing. And uh, I'm just extremely grateful. And I can tell you this gratitude is from a pure place yeah. because I know the struggle and the struggle is real. I know like what it's like to live next door to the pawn shop and to be taking DVDs over there to get mm. cash because you're committed to playing music and you're not going to go work at Walmart. Yeah. Um, no offense. I love Walmart. Yeah. Always low prices. Right. But I. But you can't do that while I, you're going after a music career. No, you've got to like wholeheartedly commit to what God has called you to. And so to plow and to let God plow through some stuff in me uh, to refine what gratitude looks like, to refine what humility, like real humility. Let me tell you something. This may be a little too honest, but when I look back at myself in 2013 and 2014, I don't like that dude. Mm, <laughs> like really. I don't like I don't like the the spirit of it. Like I remember mm. things that I tweeted, like trying to let people know like I'm here, we're here, Royal Taylor's here. It's the Royal Takeover. It's 
you know, all this bravado and honestly, Man, that did not read that way on the outside, just so you know. Because that's, really? yes. I mean, that's when oh, we became man. friends is when we were touring together in 2012 and 13. And you, I always thought you were so um, humble. So I believe that, I believe what you say about what was in your heart, if you were in your heart and I wasn't, but man, it didn't read that way. You, it, But this is interesting. Keep going. I just want as your friend to be like, that was not my experience of you, but I believe you if yeah. that's your experience of you. Well, I think in, in relationships and friendships, you know, when you're in the green room and you're just hanging, yeah, I think a lot of people, it may be different from what I've heard, but I feel very relaxed in those spaces. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's cool just to talk and to get to know people, no agenda, no like trying to make something. But for a public persona, uh, I just felt like there was a cockiness and like an arrogance almost to... Like I've gone back and I've watched interviews and I'm like cringing because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you are so 24 and like just feeling yourself, you know, yeah. and life has a way of being the great equalizer and, you know, going through some of the struggles with Royal Taylor, my own personal struggles. I just feel like God has really done a work in my heart and in my personality and in my motivations. And there's still yeah. a lot of work to be done. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm just grateful, you know, yeah. to be where we're at, to do music on this level. Yeah. Being trusted with this platform. It is not something I take lightly. And uh, yeah, I'm just grateful. Man, we are grateful for you, for people listening, just so they can put their mind around it. Royal Taylor was the band you were the lead singer of before you were doing your solo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was really good too. I still, I heard y'all's song on the song y'all have, y'all had a choreographed dance to one song. And I heard that on yeah. either on the radio or on a movie or something. And I was like, I can see yeah. those moves. I watch those every weekend yeah. <laughs> for two yes. years. <laughs> yeah. That is so it. funny. Well, thanks for making time to do this today, bud. And again, thanks for letting us use your music for our intro and outro. It's so fun. That is so dope. Like the fact that you would use it. Who did you have up? You had Phil Wickham. And then before that, you had like uh, before, a singer. Yes. I think before Phil, what? Oh, I'm terrible. Oh, Drew Holcomb. Drew Holcomb was the fall. Drew Holcomb. Yeah. Man. I know. I, I'm going to have to do a female next time because I'm a little dude heavy on music, but. I'll go a female after after we're yeah. through with you. Gotta, you you gotta have Riley Clemens. Oh, I've heard great things about Riley Clemens, yeah. but I don't know her yet. Will you will you make a friend introduction? Yeah. Okay, so the last question you always ask, Torn, you know, because you've done it before. Um, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. Oh, that's good. I actually didn't remember that from last time. Okay, good. What do you do for fun? Sports, I guess. Yeah, tell me what, what do you love to watch? Or playing or watching? Um, both. Okay. Um, that is actually one of the cool things about having three boys is they are begging to play sports. Yeah. So we play a lot of basketball. We play a lot of football. I watch a lot of basketball, watch a lot of football, play fantasy football uh, for all of you out there. Yeah. If there are wives listening, it's what your husband's doing on his phone throughout football <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a ton of girlfriends who are in leagues as well. Are so it's everybody. I try to get my wife in on it and she's just like not having it. So <laughs> well, she's I, got I, a lot I, going I, on. You know? I mean, that woman so, is raising those three boys and she also sings on Sundays with you at Lakewood and she wears yeah. high heels every time. I'm like, your <laughs> wife is a better woman than I will ever be. I'm so impressed. Yeah. High and lifted up. Yeah. That's our that's, <laughs> that's right. Our, that's yeah. right. Who is your uh, team in the NBA? Uh, NBA, I go for the Rockets and the Pistons. Okay. Uh, Houston, obviously, I live in Houston, and then the, the Detroit Pistons because I'm from Michigan. So I'm Detroit sports, everything, Detroit Lions, unfortunately, mm. um, the Red Wings, the Tigers, you know. But I've lived in Houston for 10 years now, so we root for all the Houston teams as well. That's but, way more fun in baseball. Cheering for the oh, Astros this year yeah, was great. Yeah. The Astros are always balling. Yeah. So we go to the games and that's just something we do for fun. But 
getting in the backyard with the kids is really, really sweet right now. Yeah. You know, just they're six, three, and two. Oh, so we're having a lot of fun. Um, you got to keep showing them on Instagram because they are incredibly funny to me. I mean, they just like fling their bodies <laughs> around. They're really cute. I just, I adore them. These kids are reckless. It's so <laughs> funny. I love it. Um, well, thanks again for doing this, buddy. We are excited about Citizen of Heaven and, and can't wait to see what this year holds for you. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time for letting me on. And thank you, Annie, for so graciously using your platform to lift up other people, other voices. I've been on other podcasts. I've done other interviews. And a lot of times they do all of the talking. Oh, yikes. Um, but it's so nice like to be able to share my point of view and perspective. And uh, I just love how you do what you do. Thanks, so buddy. thanks for letting me be a well, part. You are welcome here anytime. Oh, friends, don't you just love Torin? He's just the best. What a gift. And how what a gift he is as a human, as a worship leader, as a musician, as a husband and dad. I just cannot tell you how highly I think of the dude. Hey, if you have not already pre-ordered Citizen of Heaven, go ahead and do that and make sure you are in line for your copy because it is such a great album. I think you are really going to love it. And you're going to get to hear it for a little while here on the show, but make sure you grab the whole album. I think you're really going to love it. And give Torin a follow on Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Tell him thanks for being on the show and how much you're enjoying enjoying his music. If you need anything else from me, I am back from the sickness of the flu and I am available to you. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me, Annie F. Downs. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Monday. Y'all have a great weekend.